And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode number 82 today. Week one recap of the Bear Down Sports Association Spring Flag Football League. Your host, TJ Savaro, alongside me, Tommy Savaro and Commissioner Brandon Kurtzman. Kurtzman, how are we doing today, brother? I'm great, man. We got we did so much work these last two days to get everything out and make everything successful, and it was a great first day. You know, I just want to say something. I don't really be potting as much as I used to, but like that was smooth. I felt like my intro was smooth right there. Right. Now, how you feeling after uh, after week one? You got any big statements you want to say before we get into everything? A lot, a lot of new good players. I'm excited about uh, leagues getting better. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that we're underway. Kurtzman, we talked about things that we need to discuss at the top of the podcast. Let's get into it before we start talking about the recap of the week one games. All right. Well, um, all right. A few things. First thing is shout out to my mom for handling all the absolutely shout out to your mother. and all of that. So that was great. Second of all, parking. Do mm-hmm. not park at the field. Park in the parking lot. There will be cones up. You will not be able to park there. Um, you're lucky I was occupied with other things and I didn't catch it early <laughs> enough. So there will be cones up. So you will not be able to park there. So park in the parking lot and walk through the trail like everybody else. That's the first thing. Number two, no smoking at the field. Don't let me catch you doing it. I'm not dealing with that. Three, ref fees are going to be due on Saturday night. If you're playing the game on Sunday, you pay the ref fees on Saturday. Okay. Four, rule change. There's going to be one rule change that we are going to implement. It is a last man standing rule. It is basically to eliminate a player being tackled when it's a one-on-one situation and the defenders like gives the impression of a intentional tackle, not going for the flag. It's only when there's one defender, if there's someone else near the area, there's no call. It's not going to be called often because I think everyone's just going to play the game the right way, but it's just to avoid the intentional tackling and only allowing a five yard penalty. And instead, I'll explain it at the yeah, field. So look, uh, let me, I, I have a good explanation for a Kurtzman. And I honestly, okay. I brought it up to Kurtzman at the end of, I think it was the end of last season, correct? Yeah. About this rule change. And I think Jarak is the one who brought it here and said that, uh, that his league does it, correct? Yeah. So basically what this rule eliminates is, let's say, you know, it's a, a 25 to 23 game and the team that's trailing, you know, last play of the game, they have a clear chance for a touchdown and, you know, the, the last guy, at the, he has the last chance to make a play, and he just says, F it, I'm going to tackle him because the clock will expire and will only be a five-yard penalty. It's like it's similar to a clear path foul in basketball. That's the best way to, to explain the rule, and that's the best, you know, example for it, and that's why the rule is implemented. So instead of giving up a free touchdown, you can't, like, you, you don't, you know, you only take a five-yard penalty rather than giving up a free touchdown. If you're a smart player, that's what you would do every time. So that eliminates, you know, that kind of um, – like a little cheesy rule. Yeah. And also one other thing, this is brought up in the captain's chat. Um, no intentionally pulling the flags before a player gets the ball. So that if they got the ball, they only have one flag on and therefore would be one hand touch. So um, I, it was brought up. Let's just all play the game the right way. Yeah. I never, I never seen anyone do that, but that yeah, is no, it was that, brought up today. So smart, I guess, though. I, that is smart. <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, if you're doing no, something I like would that. just, um, I'm just, if you, if you're intentionally doing it, there will, they will call a personal foul of some sort. Anything else that we got to get into before we, uh, we talk about the games? Um, no, I think we're all good. Um, exciting week one games, exciting, exciting all over the place. Very exciting. Let's let's jump into it. Let's start with your game. Kurtzman first game of the day, nine o'clock slot 
You had Wyoming against Oregon. Um, how do you feel like your team played, you know, given that was that was the first time you played with a lot of these guys? It was your first game, first game of the season. You were back, sir off back. Uh, how did you feel that uh, – how do you feel about your team after week one? Um, I think we have a lot of potential. I probably played my worst game as a quarterback mm. or one of my worst games as a quarterback today in terms of just how I was – um, throwing the ball and getting it accurately to my receivers. Um, probably somewhat because we don't play together, but otherwise more because I sucked. But <laughs> we, it, it didn't really matter because our defense was very good. Our D-line was uh, causing problems for Sir off the entire game, making it difficult on him. I feel like we played very well in the back with Pat Wright making a couple of plays on deep balls. Um, Mike making plays out there. Me, I had, I had four or five tackles in this one. Um I think we played a really good game defensively and offensively. We couldn't, couldn't have played worse, but we strung it together the last two drives and uh, pulled out a buzzer beater last second win. Now I'm going to bring you in here. How do you feel about uh Kirschman's team after week one? Usually Kurtzman is ready to, out of the gate. He's ready to go. Uh, and usually puts up points in, in week one. Mm. Uh, but like I said before, before we started this cast, I thought that uh, a lot of the low scoring was due to the fact that, you know, it's been, it's been a long layoff, you know, mm. Uh, a lot of these guys were uh, they were hibernating <laughs> okay. for, the, for the past year, and uh, they're out. They're playing now. They're, they're getting their feet under them. I figure it'll take another week or two before you know you'll start seeing that the scores come up. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to blame Kurtzman for week one being a little off target. I saw mm-hmm. a lot of that in, in the in the games this week. What do you think about the rest of the team? Uh, stud alert, Pat Reddington. Oh, okay. All right, he's the first stud <laughs> that I'm going to call out this week. Uh, played both sides of the ball great. I uh, love the way he played defense, and he did catch the winning touchdown. Am I right? No, he, he caught the ball that got them down, and then Mike Danino caught right, the game-winning okay. touchdown. Uh, love Mike Danino's cop stash. Couldn't come in any better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how do we feel about uh, how we feel about Oregon? I'll, I'll talk about Kurtzman's team a little bit after. Kurtzman, how you feeling about? Oh, that right, yeah, that, that. How you feel about Oregon? Again, you know, I, I have a lot of respect to Sarov. I think he's a, a good quarterback. He's got, he drafted a great team. He brought a lot of guys back from his team last year that almost went to the finals. I don't blame him a bit. I would have done the same thing. Uh, you know, if, if they start off slow, I, I have no no worries about them. They'll, they'll bounce back. He's a good quarterback. It's a good team. Um, again, I'd like to see a, a little bit. I don't know if it was more Kurtzman's line being dominant or maybe his, his off, or, or Sarov's offensive line being a little, you know, behind. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, I'm confident that that team's going to get it together. They'll be contenders. Kurtzman, how did you feel about uh, playing Oregon week one? Um, I think defensive line-wise, they were able to cause pressure and um, make life for me a little more difficult. Sarov is a formidable defensive lineman in this league, and he's going to cause problems for a lot of quarterbacks. Um, one thing I'll say about their offense, and I said it during the game, um, n- not a lot of creativity. Mm. Felt like it was very bland, kind of like I'm not saying my offenses are very creative, but I didn't see we didn't we weren't fooled by anything. We kind of knew what was going to happen. A lot of crossers, a lot of post outs. I don't know. I just it felt like we kind of had a really good beat on what they were trying to do. Also, their snapping wasn't very good. They changed centers a couple times. Um, just a lot of things that week one rust, like Tommy said, are going to happen. But I have good faith in Oregon. He has three of the best receivers in the league playing on his team. Probably the best receiver trio or one of the best receiver trios in the league. Yeah. Um, with Pip Bowen and Zach, who really just – the offense couldn't really move the ball. Plus, they had a lot of really short fields because I don't punt. I always go for it. Um, 
So I just, I don't know. I think it was week one rust and they'll figure it out. Sarov started slow last year too. And then we saw the numbers he was putting up towards season. Yeah, I want to reiterate snapping. I watched, he had horrible snaps the whole game. And yeah, no, uh, multiple snaps to his left where he had to reach for it. Or In the dirt. I mean, you know, yeah, no, for take, sure. Take a second off protection, you know, and that's a lot. That's a lot. I agree a hundred percent. And we had three speed rushers coming in. So it definitely made life difficult for him. But like I said, I think Sarov's a smart kid and I think he's going to figure out how to make this team successful. Yeah, I, uh, you know, my takeaway from this one was I, I was very surprised. I think Kurtzman, if, if I'm not wrong, Surov threw for 53 yards, correct? Uh, Yeah. Which is very surprising given, you know, Surov could sling the rock, number one. And two, you got Pitt, Bowen, and Zach. So I thought, you know, I thought they were going to come out. I thought this was going to be a way higher, way, you know, higher scoring game than it actually turned out to be. That I agree with you on, Pat. I think um, Kurtzman's D-line as well um, was very good in this game. It's not your typical line in this league where, you know, we'll talk about Jirok's team as well, but if you look at a team like Jirok's team, his line is huge. Whereas Kurtzman line on defense, you had uh, Rob Brainton, you had Damian, and you had James. And those three guys were getting after it, making it, you know, making it tough on Surf the entire game. Just a lot of speed rushing. Like, that's what it was. Kurtzman, I said it to you. You had a really nice uh, sack when you came uh, straight up, straight up the middle, kind of, you know, off a off script to play got, and got a huge sack on uh, Surf. I, I thought you guys were really good on defense. That was my biggest takeaway. Like, I was like, yeah, Kurtzman's missing some throws that he'll usually make. And I think, you know, like you said, that I think who would you play at the beginning of last season? Was it in Bimbo in week one? What, and in, in one? Yeah, yeah, last last season. Uh, I played I, I played the Seahawks first and Bimbo second, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, just I, the, I, the, the year before, the season before well, he played in Bimbo, week one. and it was a shootout. Yeah, yeah it was a shootout. Yeah, that's what I, that's how I felt like Kurtzman was gonna come out week one too. I thought this would be a little bit more higher scoring, but I guess you 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 and Suroff's games, I guess that's how they're played. Like if it reminded me a lot of the playoff game, but um I really liked what I saw from from your team defensively, and I guess we have to give their team credit defensively too because I thought this would be a lot higher scoring than it turned out to be. But, you know, I I said it before the draft, I'm all in on Pat being a beast. I think, you know, you could argue that Mike and Pat, that that could be the best two in the league as as far as a duo. Like, I think they have that kind of potential. If you get going, Kurtzman, and you start, you know, putting these balls on them and, and doing what you need to do, I think uh, I think you guys are going to be real solid moving forward. And as far as Oregon – like you said, it, I guess it did look a little bland with with their offense and how they were they were trying to move the ball. I guess you know it's tough because you you don't punt and you they had short fields the entire time. And I guess it's a little bit tougher to be creative in limited space. But I think uh, I think they need they need to get going because that that team is is way too good to only be scoring what fourteen points in the game, thirteen points in the game. Mm-hmm. Let's do stats on this one, Kersman. All right, Surov was 7 of 12, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Pip was three catches, 23 yards, and caught a conversion. Uh, Steve Bowen had the touchdown, his only catch of the day. Zach had one catch for five yards. Uh, Anthony had one catch for 15 yards, and Justin Senior had one catch for nine yards. Suarez had a couple big tackles on me and a couple big fourth downs for them. Kuja had three tackles, and Anthony had an interception for them. Surov also had 20 rushing yards and a touchdown. Okay. I was 13 of 24, 155 yards, three touchdowns and a pick, three rushes, 37 yards. Also had a sack and four tackles. Mike had eight catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns. Pat Reddington, three catches, 52 yards and a touchdown. Hughes had a catch for three yards and everyone on my D-line had a sack. Rob, Damian, and James. And Dean had one catch for eight yards. All right. Let's move on to the other nine o'clock game of the day. 
Kurtz, as I'm as I'm pulling up the Twitter here, do you know which one that is off the top of your head? Yeah, it was LSU versus Florida, Sobs versus Gerard. I think. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. The game yes. that kind of the game that kind of stunned the league early in the, in day one. They were up twenty three nothing. It was it felt like um, if and it's funny because Sobs a Chiefs fan, but like it felt like the uh, the game where the Texans got up big on the Chiefs early. But you always kind of thought that the Chiefs were going to come back and win the game. I was like, is Sober just going to get smoked in, in the first game of the season? But I'll, I'll say my comments. Dad, you had a lot to say about Jarrock. I'm going to hand the floor to you. All right. Um, when I first – I was watching the game, and it, it puzzled to, puzzled me why uh, Sober's team was only rushing two guys. Right. I, I, I'll, I'll never fault the quarterback for taking what the defense gives him. And they were just giving him the run the whole day. And he took advantage of it. Uh, so I'm saying to myself, okay, I like to see what's going to happen when, you know, he, he's forced to, to throw the ball, how he's going to react. But he never had to in this game. Uh, I'm not going to take anything away, from, anything away from that team. Sobes was hurt. He's, he's playing on a, on a hurt foot. So his mobility was impacted. Uh, and besides that, I thought he made a couple of bad decisions, a lot of bad decisions, actually. He could have more interceptions. There were a couple that were dropped. Uh, opening drive, I believe. Yes, uh, first play of the game, first play. First play right. for them. Right, and then and also uh, on um, on Jarrock's first drive, I think he had a, an interception. Cody dropped it. Uh, yeah, it wasn't his fault. Bounced yeah. over receiver's chest, actually. Yes, and yes. Cody had a chance to get it, and he dropped it, and then they wound up scoring two two plays later. Yes. Um, but let me say something about Jarrock. You know, meeting him, talking to the first time after the game, I really like this guy. I I, I think he's a, a phenomenal student of the game. He tells me that, you know, he, he, he watches films. He knows films available. He watches as much as he can. He studies as much as he can. He, and, and he even says, like, I, I'll watch the better quarterbacks in this league to see how they're throwing the ball because I got to get there. So that tells me, you know, he's all in. We need more kids like this in this league. Mm. He's a great, great, great kid. I love, I love watching him play. I think he's exciting. I think he's going to learn more as the uh, season progresses. I, I think he'll see, like, he's going to face more four-man uh, fronts now that, you know, they know he can run the ball, um, <laughs> like Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to start to use his receivers more, uh, from the, I mean, uh, off the line. And he's got a big target in Jawa, who I think is all-world, all bad down. Kid's ph- phenomenal. I don't talk enough about him. But I'm telling you now, he's one of the better players in this league, Joe. Uh, I like I like that good great analysis by oh, you right uh, there. I want to shout out to uh, Jodell Xavier. He's got a, he's got a good line. He's got a good defense, good secondary. This is going to be a team that that you know it's going to uh, compete in this league this year. That was that was, a, that was a really strong statement by you right there. That was a, that was a good opening on their team. Kurtz, I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, nah, I really like what I saw. Listen, Jarak has all the flag football experience in the world. He's seen every defense, every offensive scheme you could probably throw at a team in either 5v5 or 7v7. So I expected him to come out and be very effective. I didn't, I can't lie and say I expected him to come out there and beat our MVP in week one. But, um, he showed that he is more than capable of doing it both with his legs and his arm, uh, well, as we'll talk about his stats in his second game of the day. But he's capable to do it. He's smart. He calls good plays. And I think when he starts seeing defenses adjust to how he plays, he's going to have a, a trick or two up his sleeve to maintain his consistency offensively and defensively. He's a good coach. He knows what he's doing out there. So I think Florida is going to be a team to be reckoned with a lot this season. Florida, a.k.a. the Jarrock boys. Uh, Jarrock yeah. is, is a beast. I was hyped watching him play. Um, that I agree with you. He's a really good guy as well. 
Um, I was hyped watching him play, though. He was electric. Like, I, I there was there were some fans in the stands. There were people like, you know, people's parents came to watch the game. And obviously that was their first time ever seeing Zrock play quarterback. And they were like, oh, my God, this guy's awesome. Like they were sitting there like, you know, of, of Jirok, and he was, he was a beast. So I was, I was really liking that. Um, now it was really, it's really cool to see him come in the league and play quarterback like that and just be electric from the jump. Like now every week we know, like if you're betting against Jirok, you have a good chance of losing like that. That's, that's, that's really, really, really good for the league. So shout out to Jirok for coming in and, and his, put a good team together. His too. team looked hungry. I think it was Chris. Chris said it to me while, while he was filming. Cause Chris was filming that game. I was filming your game, Kurtzman. And he said, he's like, Oh, Jirok's team is hungry. Like they came out and they were up 23, nothing on like, they came to make a statement Yeah. and they, uh, you know, they're a good team. That's a good team moving forward. Dad, you're huge on the line. Jarwar Kurtzman, you said it to me. You were like, TJ loves Jawar in the film. Yeah. Every time I turn my head, I felt like Jawar was catching the ball. Jawar's a beast. Joe Dell was a beast. Yeah. Joe Dell was a beast as well. Um, that that's a really good team right there. And uh, as far as LSU go, LSU goes though in that first game, of course we got to see him again later on in the day. But Kurtzman, how shocked were you that they came out and looked like that? Um, I think they kind of just came went out there and they slept walk slept walk. I think they came in a little overconfident. Um. I know when, like, after the draft, if you're on Soap's team, like, all right, let I'm going to be on a really good team this year because Soap's always competing for the championship. And not that they didn't go out there and give their best effort and try their their best, but they got punched in the mouth and they weren't ready for it. And um, they got punched in the mouth in the second game too, but they were able to recover a little better in that game. But in this one, they kind of just couldn't get it going early. In the second half, they definitely stuck with them um, offensively, but they weren't just able to get that one extra stop they needed to really make it a game. Um the line was getting blown up. I think Florida has a, a, a way above average defensive line in terms of strength. So yep. it's not crazy to say that the, the LSU line was getting beaten on this day, um, which obviously plays a factor. It seemed like Soap's under pressure at all times. Uh, he made some plays that still were jaw dropping to me. Soap's yep. in this yep. loss, but um, listen, they are, they got Soap's, so they got a shot. And they just got to kind of come together more as a unit. I think this team is going to have to be more of a team than any of Sobs' teams before. If he's hurt, if Sobs is hurt, and it's something that's going to linger through the season, that could be a big factor. Uh, no, I agree. I think they were – no, I'm not going to say for, lucky or, like, lucky, but I guess fortunate would be the word to come out of this day one and one. Yeah. 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 Well, one more thing about, about Jirak. I mean, he stayed uh, after his game – pretty much the whole day, the whole day, watch the rest of the games shows me he's a student of the game and, you know, he's, he's eager to learn and eager to study. So I, I like that about a player. A guy like that can play for me any day. <laughs> You're, you might be president of the drug fan club. Um, I got, I got Sobes and his team being fine. I got LSU. They're going to be fine. Um, they, they had, you know, Sobes still even on his hurt foot, they were throwing, he was throwing dots. He had some bad decisions too, but obviously some of the throws are just out of the world. He's got Spo on the squad too. I think him and Spo they'll get right. You know they'll gain that chemistry as the season goes on. As long as as long as Soap is healthy and as long as he's playing in these games, you know that's a team. Obviously, you're never want to gonna you are never going to want to bet against. But as of right now, you know you expect them to come out and dominate and draw come out and get in that week on win. Now every team definitely goes into that week with a lot more confidence. Wouldn't you think, Kurtzman? Going into play Soap's team now, you're like, okay, you know. Florida, yeah, I guess we could talk, do it too. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that statement by you. It was good to see Body back on the field after yeah. uh, a long absence from, due to injury. 
Uh, he'll get his timing down with uh, with Solves. He'll be fine. Yeah, they just got to play together. That's you know, he's got to get more chemistry. I think they'll be all right. Because right. do stats. All right, Soaps was 8 of 19, 151 yards, four touchdowns, three picks. Can't remember the last time Soaps had three picks in a game. I don't even know if he had three picks all last season. Yeah. Um, 57 rushing yards on four attempts, five attempts, and an interception on defense as well. Connor Frill caught a long touchdown and had an interception. Tommy yeah. Torrey had two catches, 25 yards. Spo caught a long 45-yard touchdown. Cody Norton, two catches, both for touchdowns. Uh, Body had a catch, and Sean Salarzano had a catch for six yards and a sack. For Florida, Jarrock, 7-12, 48 yards through two interceptions, but ran for 173 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, uh, Piscopo has the record 177 yards, so I feel like Jarrock at some point this season could be uh, oh breaking God. that record. Jarrock, three catches, 30 yards in a sack. Uh, Will Saba, new to the league, two catches, eight yards, and a pick six. Xavier Madera had a sack, and Nick Zalek had one catch, five yards on the conversion. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a hungry team. I'm in on uh, I'm in on Florida. Yeah, Let's move sure. on to the ten o'clock games, Kurtzman. Um, the first ten o'clock, you do what you want to stick with Jarrock and against Michigan State. Sure. Yeah, we just talked about a lot about their team, so let's talk about Sam Allen's team here. That we yeah. just wa- we just watched the tape. Um, how you how you feeling about Sam Allen's team after week one? Sam Allen, maybe one of the smartest uh, leaders in this league. He knew exactly what his game plan was going in when. Uh, after you watch the first uh, Florida game, yep. uh, his plan, I think, was a four-man front. He was going to funnel. Um, I mean, Drock, his line still gave him a lot of time to throw, but you're going to see, like I said, you're going to see more of that. They watched him run. They're going to they're gonna force him to throw the ball. So he's got to get right uh, with his offense going downfield other than just the run. I, I thought Sam used their strengths to, uh, to help him. Like they, they have a good bull rush to Florida team. They're, they're two guys, Jawa and Joel Dell will run to basically any line. So uh, I saw a lot of screens from, uh, from Sam, from Sam. I thought that was a good game plan. He got some big yardage on a couple of screens that we saw in the film. Uh, Use Douglas as a lineman perfectly. Yeah. He had uh, Douglas Lincoln now perfect. Perfect. Yeah, Douglas four touchdowns. Again, I, I'll say it every year. He's always a, uh, and running for MVP as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, don't, I don't have to say stud alert because everyone knows he's a stud in this league. Kurtzman, how are you feeling about Sam after week one? How are you feeling about Michigan state after week one? Oh, Sam looks phenomenal. He yep. was out there making all the plays. Um, no one can, no one uses Douglas better than Sam Allen. Uh, he just gets him so involved in the offense and Douglas uh, reaps the benefits of it because he's more than a capable player in this league. And we're going to be talking about Douglas's MVP after I read you his stat line. I'll just, I'm going to read it separate. He went seven for 75, four touchdown catches, also had two sacks and four tackles. So <laughs> Nick, it, Nick, Nick Douglas hundred percent put his stamp on this first opening week for uh, the bear down league. And he, uh, there's not really a lot. There's not much more you can say. He was dominant on the field. Um, Sam Allen used all of his, all of his players very effectively and in spots where they would be the most effective for his team. Um, Sean had a few touches. Sean, Sean popped off the screen on the film. Yeah, no, I was all over the field. Yep. Sean is fast. He's a a very, very good athlete, runs his own training program. So, you know, he's always going to be there. Um, I just like what I saw out of Sam Allen. He was creative, super creative on offense, ran a lot of different sets, um, adjusted very well to whatever Drock threw at him on defense and Michigan State is a force to be reckoned with if Sam's playing as well as he played on Sunday. Can I, can I make a statement? Good. I was talking to Douglas after the game, and he said he knew that he was going to be drafted by Sam 
you know, weeks in advance. And they spoke about together what kind of team they want to put together. So the team that they did put together, it, it, you know, it's just – it shows you that they can do they, – they're going to do what Sam wants them to do. Like he specifically drafted players, you know, to yeah. mold this team. So I asked Douglas is excited about the team. They got the plays that they want. So moving forward, it's going to be a tough team to deal with. I like the way Sam looked a lot. His confidence was great on um, on court, on field swag was phenomenal as well. He had uh, the go ahead to Douglas where he leaks off the line. It's a beautiful play. Um, it's a little rub action with the uh, with the outside wide receiver. If you look at, on the film, you could go back and watch it, Kurtzman. He, the guy, the receiver from the outside sits down. I forget who it was, but he sits down, almost at that little pick. He never hits anyone, but you could tell coming out of the huddle, he knew exactly what he had to be doing. The play works beautifully. Yeah, Sam design. gives a, a big-time fist bump. It was a, it was a one-yard play. That's beautiful all it was. Play. It was design play. But it was beautifully designed, and, you know, it, it worked. Like, Sam was definitely in his bag. I think he probably had the nicest highlight from the from week one with that spin that like little reverse pivot spin move Downfield, to get man. to get back uh, up the field and then throw the the touchdown like it was just to split the two defenders it was great you know coming into the season a lot of people doubted Sam coming into the season P- Sam was like oh you know you know maybe Sam you know he might be one of the teams that missed the playoffs I think after week one people are in on Sam I'm definitely in on Sam. I was, I told Sam, I was like, yo, before she was like, yo, you need to draft a good team. Like your team has to be good. Like you said that him and Douglas prepared for the draft together. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. Yeah. Sam was super high on Bellheimer. You watch the tape. Bellheimer's just, he doesn't quit. Like that offensive line for Jarrock, that's Jodell and Jarwar. Those are guys that's tough. Like Bellheimer was going two, three efforts to get into the backfield yeah. and keep the pressure on Jarrock. And it especially showed in the second half because they were down two touchdowns. They were down two scores going into halftime. And the relentlessness of someone like Bellheimer um, really showed. And, and even Douglas, obviously, on the defensive end as well. That that team looks really good. And I'm really excited that uh, that Sam put together a team like that and a performance like that in week one, Kurtzman. Yeah, no, you definitely covered it all. Um, Florida kind of to get back onto the game standpoint of this game, Florida kind of threw kind of gave this one away. I felt like they kind of had the game like kind of in hand a little bit at, at a point, but then Sam made the adjustments and turned it on and dropped. And Florida maybe they ran out of gas second second half of the doubleheader back to back games. Definitely could be maybe a betting trend we see in the oh. league. Um, but uh, no, give all the credit to Sam Allen, man, at Michigan State. They made all the plays in the world. Uh, Kaka was really good. Um, his line gave him time, even with that great defense, the big defensive line of Florida. But uh, yeah, shout out Sam Allen, man. Michigan State made plays. Uh, you got anyone, uh, anything on this game specifically? No, I think I said what I had to say. Yeah, I feel like I said what I had to say as well. Kurtzman, let's do stats. Um, okay, for Michigan State, Sam Allen was 14 for 26. 214 yards um, through for four touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, four rushes, 22 yards. Nick Douglas, seven catches, 75 yards and four touchdowns. Also had two sacks and four tackles. John Hassard, four catches, 78 yards. Sean McDonald, two catches, 46 yards. Also had pass breakup and a tackle. Zach Bilheimer had uh, a sack and a catch for 15 yards. Um, for Florida, Jarrock. 15 of 24, 200 passing yards, three touchdowns, seven rushes, 67 yards, and a touchdown. I was texting Drock earlier. I said, your all-purpose numbers are going to be insane. Yeah. And he, like, he just threw for 200. Like you said, we, we were talking about, can he throw? He threw for 200 yards in this game. So, yeah. um, I think he showed in this game he was capable of throwing. Uh, Will Saba, 
five catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Jarwar, three catches, 43 yards, and it's um, a pass breakup and a sack. Matt DeFilippis, um, I want to talk about him on the film. He is a total effort player, man. He, on defense, was running after guys from D-line, making plays down the field, fly grabs. He had four tackles in this game, also had four catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Nice. Um, he was a good part of their offensive line, gave Jarrock some time as well. Um Xavier Madera had a touchdown. Joe Dell had one catch for three yards, was a monster on the line. Emma Mood uh, back at it again with two pass breakups, one of the league leaders last year. And a very nice – oh, no, that was the other game, I think, that he had a very Beautiful nice conversion. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, that was another game, I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next 10 o'clock game, Chrisman. Uh, um, that was – I have um, uh, you that you were talking about uh, Mahmoud as well. He really likes the fact that he's on that team as well. Oh, excited that's, to be on that team. I'm glad he's on that team. Yeah, that's a good team for him. That's yeah. a good, I like I like that people now other people around the league they can look at Jarok's team and be like I want to play on his team. Right. And yeah, uh, and, and he and Jirok put him out there, put him out on defense, out on the corner. You know, he was out on an island a lot of times with body in the first game. He responded well, uh, played some offense, made some nice catches. I'm glad Mahmoud. Uh, is doing well. All right, let's do go to the other 10 a.m. game, LSU versus Alabama. The uh, Kurtzman, did you ref this game? No, no, I was just doing stats, walking around. Oh, okay. Um, how do you feel about? Let's talk about. Let's talk about Alabama. We've talked about LSU already. Let's talk about Alabama in this one. How do you feel about uh, about Dev and company in the um, first first week? I was impressed by Dev. He made a lot of good throws. He was decisive when he ran. Felt like he ran a lot, and he did. I think he had nine or ten carries in this one. Um, Alabama came out with a lot of energy, and they got up early. Bad snap by uh, LSU, and they turned it into six. Femi had a fumble recovery touchdown in the end zone, but um, they, they just kind of got kept getting stopped in the red zone, weren't able to finish those drives off. And I think that just comes with figuring out kind of what works in the league and what doesn't work in the league. Yeah. Uh, Abby, he, Abby was getting a lot of targets, which I love to see. And Emmer got a lot of targets. I'm pretty sure they had like. How about Ab- how about Abby showing to the field two hours early? Yeah, um, that was a delight to see. I, that I mean, was that I, was nice. I'm happy that Abby is bought in. I'm happy that Abby is playing for them. He had a great touchdown catch um, late in this one to tie up the game before the the safety barrage. Um, but. I like this Alabama team. I think they have a good offensive line. They gave Dev Dev time to throw on a lot of plays. I think Dev just needs to be – I think Dev needs to look at Jarrock play and, like, when he doesn't see something he likes, just use his athleticism to get away from the D-line and stay in the backfield and be able to still make a throw. He's like – after the game, I was talking to him about that, and he was like, yeah, I just like to throw the ball. I'm like, no, but you can. Like, just use your athleticism, get away from the D-line, let your offensive line come back into the play, and then you can make plays to everyone who's just scrambling around. But – um. I was impressed by Dev week one. I think that they are a hungry team. They want to be good, and they are going to be very competitive in this league. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I thought Dev had all of the physical tools that you need. I was very impressed. I know he had, he had a few mistakes, but that's what we expect from, from these week one quarterbacks. Like, that's not what I'm – I'm not even necessarily – I said on the, pod, the preview pod, like, I'm not necessarily looking for you to come out and win the game. I'm looking to see, one, does your team believe that you could win the game? Check. His team 100% believes that they, that they can win the game with him at quarterback. Two, can you move around? Can you make throws? Can you do things off script? Because you're going to have to do that. He absolutely could do that. Three, like you said, Kurtzman, you got to just figure out what works in the league, especially down in the red zone when you only have four downs to score and, you know, you get you're incomplete on the first two and now you need 
two plays to get those 25 yards. Like that's the kind of stuff that you learn as you, as the season goes on, as you get more reps at quarterback, as far as the talent on their team, I thought Wiz came out and looked good. I thought Emmer came out and looked good. He was really throwing the ball to Abby. Like I, I'm excited for that team. Brian Duncan, I thought looked good. Paul Carter was out there making some plays. Like a lot of new guys to the league. That that's a team where obviously that's probably their first time playing together in obviously in this league, but you know, throwing that mix of guys together, you know, against a team again, against the Sobes led team where you would think, okay, Sobes against week one rookie quarterback, you know, you probably think that's gonna be a routing. And it was, they were right there. They had a chance to win at the end of the game. Dad, how'd you feel about this one? I'm going to have to step aside for this game because I was away from the field for an hour and that was the game I missed. Oh, okay. That was the one that and you I, missed? I didn't catch any film on that, so I apologize. Okay. All right. No, no worries. Um, no, I I loved what I saw with three sacks in this one. He made his presence felt. Also yep. caught a conversion in this one. Um, I, I, I mean, listen, like, I think LSU needs to regroup and say, all right, we just played against two rookie quarterbacks and we were lucky to escape one and one. Um, definitely need to get back to the drawing board and figure out what is going to work for this team and figure out how to mass whatever weaknesses they were missing a key piece on the offensive line, Jake Sobes. But um, you need to, they, they persevered and were able to come out with a win. Sobes had the game clinching interception. Um, on a play that Dev just kind of was forcing it back across his body, which he'll learn. Obviously, you can't, you just can't do that. Too many good athletes in this league that will um, catch on to that and make a play on you, especially in a um, big moment like that. Um, I like that he throws to his best receivers. Abby and Emmerich had like eighty percent of the targets that were yep. thrown. So I'm a big proponent of getting the ball to your best players, and he definitely was doing a good job of trying to do that. Um, they have a doubleheader this week, I think. So. They're going to have to come out ready to play. So, but I, I, I would definitely buy some stock in this Alabama team. I like Devin's quarterback. What do you think? Um, what do you think about the game? I know we talked about the, uh, I know we um, talked the about the game was sloppy. The yeah. Game the game was sloppy. sloppy. We talked about um, Dev and the mistakes that he made, but um, yeah, no, and obviously the good I plays thought, that he made as well. But what do you think? What do you think turned around for LSU to help them get their first win of the season? Um, I just think they, when they went down 14, I think they kind of, I think so put his foot in the ground and said, nah, like this is not about to happen week one. I'm going to come out and start making plays. He, I could tell he stopped throwing the ball like so far down the field. He started taking what the defense was giving him a lot of hitches and slants to Spo, um, getting his offensive line involved. Cody, Eddie had a couple of big catches. Um, Tommy Torrey had a couple of big catches in both games. He got body involved. I think the first game body only had one catch. This game he had seven targets. So I think uh, he got back to what he needed to do. And then when this game was tied at 21, three straight safeties on back-to-back-to-back plays. Three straight. That's was so crazy. Yeah, um, two bad snaps. The snapping, I thought, was honestly horrible this week across the league. I thought there were so many bad snaps, quarterbacks having to reach, um, jump, whatever, dribblers back to the quarterback. But um, they sh- teams have to get that cleaned up, and these two teams definitely have to do that too. Um, but like like you said, Dev had a chance to win the game at the end against yeah. the league MVP, and we won. So I think that you have to hang your head high if you're Dev in Alabama, and if you're LSU, we talked about before, lucky you came out this week one and one Yep. All right, let's do stats on this one, Kurtz. All right. Uh, Sobes was 14-19 for 165 yards and three touchdowns. Also had an interception and two pass breakups on defense. Um, he's like, like I say, he's one of the most important players in the league on both sides of the ball. Uh, Spo had two catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown on his visit to Denoya Island. Also had two sacks, both causing the safeties. Uh, he would have to get credit for those because someone has to. Um, Body had five catches for 64 yards. Tommy Torrey, one catch for 12 yards. Connor Friel had 
one catch for five yards and his second interception, second game with two inter, uh, another interception. Cody Norton, two catches, 20 yards, and two touchdowns, tied for lead lead with four touchdown catches. Um, Eddie Welsh, two catches, 38 yards, and Connor Frill, three tackles. Felt like he was making a lot of big fly grabs. Yeah, he was, he was really, I thought he looked good this weekend too. I didn't yeah. Let's talk about Denoya, aka affirmative action. <laughs> no, uh, no, Denoya had, Denoya had a very, a very good game at corner. He made a lot of plays, but Smoke got the best of him a few times. Uh, for the Alabama Crimson Tide, Dev was 9 of 22, 83 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions, but also had nine rushes for 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Abby had four catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Wiz had a conversion and three sacks. Emmerich, three catches for 30 yards. Both stunned the ball to nine times. I think there were a couple pass interferences when throwing the ball to him. Femi had the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Paul Carter had a sack safety as well as a pass breakup and didn't have one catch nine yards. And Brian Duncan had a big pass breakup to get them the ball back late in the game with a chance to win the game. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the 11 a.m. slate. Game that we just watched on film here, Dad. Ole Miss versus Blue Mountain State. Tommy Galante's team versus Vin Gargano's team. Dad, what was your uh, what was your big takeaways from this game? A lot of rust on both quarterbacks. Mm. Uh, Tommy early in the first half, uh, a couple of picks. One, I think yeah, one pick six. Kind of back to back, like almost back to back picks. Yeah, you don't see that from Tommy. Tommy's you know he's a good quarterback, and you don't see it a lot. But he, he straightened it out at the end of the game. Vin, I, Vin missed a lot of very unchar- uncharacteristic about. Then, then uh, missed a lot of open players. We had, we saw a couple of players uh, down the sideline, a little bad throws, a couple of missed time plays. Also, uh, he had he had a drop touchdown pass. I believe it was Vin Arena dropped a touchdown. But uh, timing was off a little bit. Like I said, I'm just I'm I'm just discounting that as to week one rust. I think he'll come back and be better. Vin's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, Kurtzman. Me and you were talking about that. Um, Vin and Tommy both sloppy. It was like you just said last game was sloppy. This game was definitely sloppy. Uh, Tommy throws that pick six to Matt Green. What an electric entrance to the league right there as well, Chris. When pick six against Tommy takes it back to the house and hits a backflip. Was that a, is that one of the best intros to the league of all time? Yeah, it has to be. Um, I, I, I was pissed in real time that I missed it, but I knew I'd catch it on the film. Uh, yeah, she almost kicked Venerina in the face. Yeah, he did. <laughs> didn't know it was coming. Because no, Mikey, yeah, Mikey's dumbass, like, do the backflip, do the backflip. I mean, listen, what else are you gonna do to celebrate if you're not gonna do a dance like Giuseppe? You have to, you gotta do something that's cool like that. So, um, no, that was a sick backflip and a great entrance to the league. Um, as far as as far as uh, how the game went, it was another one where you know that the drop touchdown definitely hurt and definitely changed the trajectory of the game. Uh, they get right back into it though. Tommy's team, Ole Miss, Giuseppe. We talked about it, Christmas. I think Giuseppe's a beast. Like, it's time to stop letting people just like letting people. No one drafts Giuseppe, and we just let Tommy get him. Like, so that has to. We have to cut that out. Giuseppe is a demon. He gets there early. He comes out. He knows his touchdown dance. He's going to because he's going to score a touchdown. Like he get he gets after it. And Tommy, one thing about Tommy though, Christmas in this game, he was letting it fly. He was airing it out. I thought he did a good job of of moving around too. I thought both quarterbacks did a good job moving around. Like. Vin moved really well, and Tommy moved really well. Some passes, though. Tommy threw one 30 feet over someone's head into the fence. Vin threw one 30 no, feet over the fence. Head. Tommy threw it into the parking lot. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, people people were – I mean, people, the quarterbacks, were, were had some really weird, uncharacteristic throws to them. But I guess you will credit that to the weak run rust. But I did pick this upset. Most people thought that Blue Mountain State would come out and win. 
Um, I still am confident in Blue Mountain State as they, you know, they got another win as the day went on. But I, you know, this is one where I think Vin would like to have this game back and have some of these throws back. Yeah, no. Um, me and Vin talked after the day, and he just he just couldn't find it. Today. And I said, yeah, I literally couldn't find it either. So um, I think he just had to get the shake the rust off. But um, there were some throws that he would definitely want back, including there was a there was one to Paul where definitely a catchable ball, but not where the old Vin Gargano or any other version of Vin that wasn't the Vin that was there on Sunday would easily have laid it right into the bread basket for him. So. Um, Vin is still one of the better, the best quarterbacks in this league, best quarterback, best quarterbacks we've seen, but uh, just not his best day at the office in at least the first game on Sunday. But uh, Ole Miss, we questioned their draft strategy. Well, some questioned their draft strategy with Tommy just retaking um, the Patriots team that got ousted in the first round last season. But hey, listen, through one week, one and zero, and they looked good enough to get the win defensively. Only allowed fifteen points, so got to be impressed. Got to be impressed and happy by the performance if you're Tommy and Ole Miss. Dad, when we were watching the film, you were pointing out that Austin was also doing a phenomenal job blocking and that time he had a lot of time in the pocket. Yeah. yeah. Again, we don't give enough credit to these guys in the trenches. Austin, another beast in this league. I want to give a shout-out to him. Played a great game. Always protecting Tommy's back. Chris, let's do stats. Yeah, no, I – Austin, as a player, is definitely one of the better linemen in this league. He – um. He asked me yesterday if he was he thought he was the, if we think he was the career leader in sacks and I said yeah I mean with the longevity you've played you're probably one of the league leaders of all time but um he does it on both sides of the ball every week so he is a worthy first round selection for them and I hope he makes more of a contribution going forward mm. um for this for the Blue Mountain State Billy Goats um Bingargano, 10 of 21, 84 yards, two rushes, 16 yards. Matt Green, three catches, 31 yards, and had a pick six. Paul Farrelly, four catches, 24 yards. Vin Arena, one catch, 14 yards. Mikey Gargano, one catch, 13 yards, and a pass breakup. Rob Samarco had a tackle and also had a sack that resulted in a safety. Bryce Walker had a two-yard touchdown after his interception um, right after the Matt Green pick six. So that was – we kind of thought the Goats would run away there early. Yeah. Um, and Jay Colbert had a big sack on a conversion for Ole Miss. Tommy Galante was 10 to 24, 165 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Also had four rushes, 68 yards and a touchdown. I loved seeing Tommy use his legs more in this one. Um, yep. I think that was something I stressed him a lot on the podcast last season. And he came out this game, ran a few times early, ran a big time late in the game to uh, score a touchdown on the sideline. So um, Tommy's a really athletic kid. So I want him to definitely use his feet. Um, Giuseppe, five catches, 85 yards and two touchdowns. Ryan Rougeau, two catches, 40 yards and a touchdown. Dane Lupton had a sack that resulted in a safety. John Guzman, who I'm interested in going forward. I think he's a good athlete, has good hands. So I think he's going to be a key part of this Ole Miss team. Shout out to Guzman. That's my man's right there. Guzman was, he, he looked good out there. Guzman. No, was, no, he, he did. Sleeper. He looked, he looked a little, he looks, he looks imposing. Like he's a big kid. He, may, he, he, it looks like he has good hands and good route work. So I'm excited and to athletic. see. Athletic. Yeah. Guzman's, Guzman's tough. Yeah. Uh, Chris Valnati had two pass breakups on defense. Uh, Verdesco had two catches for 20 yards and Austin had a sack. And like you said, Tommy, he was um, elite on the offensive line. Um, one thing we didn't talk about, no Pauly Caldonado, no number one, uh, Tommy's one of Tommy's favorite receivers, no Pauly in this game. Other guys stepped up, Rougeau, um, Guzman, and guys were able to make plays. So um, it's a good sign to see Ole Miss take down a team, a good team like Gargano's team uh, without their one of their best. Yeah, when we found out that Pauly wasn't playing, I was definitely a little bit nervous about their team. 
Yeah, no, I mean, Paul is a big part on both sides of the ball. He's a smart player, played in the league for a long time. So, uh, like we said, though, big win for Tommy in week one, and uh, he's definitely going to build upon that week, too. So, uh, quick shout-out to Rob Samarco. Great to see him in the league. Uh, one of my all-time favorite Old Bridge athletes. I'm, I'm glad he's playing this year. One of your all-time favorite people. Yeah. Used to babysit Chris, when <laughs> your, young, your youngest son, when uh, – Wow. I thought the wine okay. was Yeah, that I was always that, looked out for right, so yeah, that was, was so Tommy is biased towards Rob Smarco. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He <laughs> yes, he is a big time fan of Rob Smarco. Rob's a big uh, Rob, Rob was a big player for them this uh, both yeah. sides of the trenches. Yeah. All right, let's go into the other 11 a.m. game. You had Georgia, IB and crew versus Purdue. This one was the routing that we expected. We expected um we expected not I wouldn't say we expected 40 to 6, but we expected IB. And we thought we expected it of Sobes as well, honestly. We expected them to get off against, um, you know, a first first team, for, I mean, excuse me, first season team, first game team, first, you know, first game of, of your first season kind of a team. So, uh, yeah, thrown to the Lions. yeah, yeah, he got, yeah, he did get, they did get thrown to the Lions early. Jack looked amazing. Tyson looked good out there. TJ Brown was making plays for them. Pete, Dean, you know, Will Neal, like, Pete. He yeah, beast. he and IB, they just have the connection. Yeah, that's a squad where you look at TJ Angstad. That's a squad where you look at them and you're just like, Yeah, that's the, the same team that IB's been playing football with his entire life. And they came out there. IB just at the second play of the game, he just throws a dot to Jack down the sideline yeah. after the first play of the game, where I thought he almost broke it free and ran it for a touchdown. But they're mm-hmm. creative. IB always has trick plays up his sleeve, they're moving. The offensive linemen leak, they make plays everywhere. Dean had touchdown, Pete had touchdown. I'm sorry, leak. Pete, how, he's a lineman. How does he get 40 yards downfield on every catch? Every, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, 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 he's a leak. <laughs> he's 40 yards downfield. Pete runs a streak from the, uh, <laughs> fr- from the center position. Snaps the ball and runs as far as, as far as he could. Kurtzman, how do you feel about uh, Georgia after week one? I mean, what other way is there to feel about them right now? They are um, clearly the team to beat through after week one. Um, I think they were probably the team to beat before week one because IB is a two-time back-to-back champion in this league. So, um, they came out and they did what they were supposed to do. They look prepared. IB doesn't surprise me one bit. I just called him before us to talk about his game and he was watching film on another game. So he, the kid's always in the, if you want to talk about a student of the game, that's IB. Uh, his team's always be prepared and they have athletes, man. Sedano. I honestly forgot Sedano was on their team. And then I like, when we, when Sedano pulled up to the game and I was like, Oh wait, they have him too. So yeah, um, it's a staple of IB. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, Jack, Nick, TJ, Tyson, um, great receivers for him. Uh, Dimitrowski and Pete do the job on the line, and like you said, and like we said, we, they don't they don't leak. They just go because IB. When you when you rush IB, you have to be disciplined because IB has that one cut factor where it's it, it your his one cut one step is just a little bit faster than everybody else's. So yeah, yeah you, so I talked about. Say you, just, you, know, you, know, you just have to be careful when you're rushing him, and that just gives his lineman to Tommy's point, Pete's 40 yards downfield. Ivy's ability to just make guys miss in the backfield and keep the play alive um, is incredible, and that's why Pete and Dean Wiechowski are able to be so efficient in the passing game from the line position. Yep, well, I said it before about your team, about your wide receiver duo. I think we haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg of what we could get from Tyson as far as an offense standpoint. Defensively, he's great as always. We know IB, Tyson, Jack, TJ Hanks, that's going to be a phenomenal defensive um, secondary at all times. But I think Jack and Tyson on any given day are the best is the best wide receiver duo in the league. And um, that's, uh, that's going to be a very scary team moving forward. Yeah, it sucks that um, there's so many like good receivers on this team because I feel like IB is so good at spreading the ball out. Uh, 
seven, everyone on the team had a target, at least except for TJ Angstead. Damn, I get TJ Angstead some catches. Um, <laughs> But everyone had – no one had more than three targets on the day. It, it was a very efficient day at the office, a lot of long touchdowns for them, um, which you expect with a new team that hasn't played a lot of fight football together, missing flag grabs, and result that result in big plays for the other team. So um, not much more you can say about Georgia, man. They are looking like a juggernaut from the word go. We'll see how they fare this week, hopefully a little bit more of a formidable opponent. Let's talk about Purdue real quick. Yeah. Um, what are we, what are we thinking? What are we, let's talk to Deshaun specifically right here. What are we thinking? I'm buying stock, man. He looked good. Like he did. They, they, um, in this game, they did not look good, but in the second game, they looked very good. I ref the game. So I got to watch every play intently. Um, they, they look like a team that can, has potential. They have playmakers on the outside. They have a decent O line. Um, I think they need to do a little bit of job protecting for Deshaun. I think Deshaun, I, this is going to sound so stupid, but be a little, be a little less comfortable in the pocket. Um, Use there your athleticism were, more. Use yeah, your no, athleticism. Like, there were so many, there were three plays and I'm, I'm going to talk about the second game because there really wasn't a lot to talk about in this one for him. Like he made some plays. He, he Wait, showed Kirsten, Kirsten, really quick, really quick. I say we do stats of this game and then move directly into the next game that features Purdue as well. Okay. That's fine. All right. Let's do stats then. Yeah. All right. For IB in Georgia, IB was 11 to 12, 171 yards, five touchdowns, four carries, 63 yards. Also had a pick six on defense. Jack was one catch, 35 yards and a touchdown. League leading now, six tackles. He is so he was the league leader in tackles last year, and I, he's off to a great start this year. Sedano, two catches, 48 yards, two touchdowns. Tyson, two catches, 30 yards. TJ Anks had two pass breakups. Dean Wiatrowski had one catch, 10 yards. Pete had two catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown. And Will O'Neill, two catches, 18 yards, and a touchdown. Also had an interception and a conversion. Uh, have a day, Will O'Neill. Mm. And TJ Brown also caught a one-point conversion for them. And for the Purdue, Deshaun was 13-25, 144 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Also had two rushes, 24 yards. Rashid, four catches, 24 yards, and two pass breakups. Uh, and Rodriguez, four catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Jaleel had one catch for 10 yards. Taz had one catch for uh, – I'm sorry. I read the stats for the other game. <laughs> running back, running back, running back. Man, that's a shame. Deshaun in this game had seven catches, 16, seven for 16, 87 yards, and two interceptions. Threw a touch, a long touchdown to Taz on a 35 yard, which was probably the one bright spot of the Purdue game in this one. Um, Deshaun using guys' athleticism, making guys miss in the backfield and finding Taz uh, open downfield on a really nice throw. Deshaun has a really good arm, man. He's going to put it together. Um, he also had five carries for 40 yards rushing in this one. Julia had two catches, nine yards. Johnny had one catch, eight yards, and a sack. Rob Torino had a sack. And Rodriguez, two catches, 30 yards, and three tackles. And Taz with the touchdown. All right, let's move on to the uh, 12 o'clock slate. Here you have Blue Mountain State. Against Purdue. Kurtzman, this is the game that you refed. Yeah. I'm going to turn it over to you. We've already talked about both these teams and their personnel things. What do you think? Uh, what do you think was the deciding factor in this game? And what did you see from both teams, you know, as far as as far as improvements from their first games? Yeah. Um, Deshaun's team was able to move the ball. They got inside the Blue Mountain State like 12, 13 yard line on their first two possessions, and both times just weren't able to convert. Um 
one time Deshaun threw a fade to Rashid, just threw a little short. It was able to be, it was a little short, it was actually a lot short, and it was able to get intercepted. And the second time they had fourth and one on the one yard line and just weren't able to convert. I thought they actually had a really good play call, but it just didn't develop correctly. But I saw what they were trying to do, and I really liked that they called a timeout before they kind of got themselves together. Um, they look like they grew from the first game. Um, and they were able to consistently move the ball down the field and actually make plays. Um, Deshaun used his feet a lot more in this one, I thought. Uh, his receivers need to do a better job helping him out, though. There were there were a couple of drops in this one, a couple of contested balls that just didn't – they weren't able to corral. So I just want to see his receivers um, help him out a little more, uh, try to get a little more open, make life a little more easier for Deshaun. Deshaun knows that he didn't play his best ball on Sunday. He said it was a learning experience. I talked to him after the game. Um, I told him you used your feet a lot and I thought you could use your feet so much more. Yeah. So I just wanted Deshaun to be a little less, uh, calm in the pocket because he allowed Mikey, Mikey Gargano had three pass breakups off the line on this one. He allowed Mikey to get so close to him and throw the ball instead of like running away from him. Like probably the majority of the quarterbacks would do, uh, Mikey with the long arms and tall was able to get hands on three passes all in the second half. I think that really like, kill drives and stop momentum when uh Purdue was mounting trying to mount their comeback. Uh Deshaun, get run away from them before you throw and don't just let yeah, them Deshaun needs to be the freak athlete that he is. He needs to use that athleticism. He needs to watch the other really good quarterbacks in the league and how they play and how they operate. Like if he needs he could be, you know, he needs to watch like a Tommy. He needs to watch an IB. He even needs to watch a guy like you, Kurtzman, and how you guys navigate and how you guys move in the pocket. So I think that will help him out tremendously. Dad, what's your advice today, Sean? I think, uh, again, always give – always take what the defense gives you. Uh, if they're going to give you a short pass, go short, work it all the way down the field. Um, if I had a suggestion, work on your your goal line packages, everything inside the 10-yard line. Uh, it's a different game inside the 10 than it is uh, outside of the 10. So uh, if they can move the ball – uh, with ease down the field, but stall when they get to the goal line, you're going to have to work on that. As far as Blue Mountain State in this game, Kurtzman, um, I don't think they were necessarily that much better in this game. No. I don't think they were great by any means in this game. They're kind of a team, I think, as well. You know, they're they're kind of, you know, in that LSU boat where they're lucky to come out of this week one and one, where yeah, it no. easily could have been an 0-2 week for them. And that's just – I expect that team after the week one rust shakes up. I expect them to be good to go as well. Yeah, no, I thought their defense played pretty well against Deshaun. Um, yeah. They obviously made life difficult with him. Mike, he had a, a bunch of pass breakups at the line. Um, Bryce had an interception, almost should have had two, honestly. Um, but I, I thought I would see a lot better. I think Mikey got Mikey got it going a lot in this sec, in the second game. Um, then was able to find him a bunch. Uh, Paul got going a lot more in the second game as well. I feel like they kind of all kind of got uh, a little woken up from that game one uh, loss to Ole Miss. Said, "Nah, we're we're too good to be going zero two in this week one. Let's show why we're, we know they got a lot of they got a lot of athletes on this team and a lot of veterans in the league. So I think they made sure they came out with this one with a win. Um, but still, Vin didn't look great in this one. I yep. think um, I think the win played a factor. I think the win uh, as the day went on, the win oh, got stronger." So I'm going to give some of the quarterbacks benefit of the doubt, but um, I expect to see a way better Vingargano and Blue Mountain State and a better Purdue team in week two. Let's do stats on this one, Kurtzman. All right. Vin was 12 to 22, 138 yards and two touchdowns. Also had four carries, 26 yards and a touchdown. Mikey Gargano, five catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. Also had a sack and three pass breakups and a conversion. 
Paul, three catches, 45 yards, and a pass breakup, also had three tackles. Robson Marco, two catches, 18 yards, and a touchdown, also had a sack and a pass breakup. Bitterino, one catch, 12 yards, and a pass breakup. Matt Green, one catch for five yards, also had a pass breakup. Um, Schaefer had a sack, and Bryce had an interception, as well as a couple tackles. For uh, Purdue, I kind of read some of these stats before, but I'll do them again. Deshaun was 13 to 25, 144 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, only two carries, but was moving around better um, in the backfield. Rasheed, four catches, 24 yards, and two pass breakups. And Rodriguez, four catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Jaleel, one catch for 10 yards. Taz, one catch for eight yards. Jai Samarco had a great one-handed catch and a couple spin moves to get himself in the end zone, as well as yep. two snacks. Johnu Samarco. Yeah, Johnu. Yeah, that's how it comes up. Johnu on my phone when I write Johnny. Ali Ahmed Shai, two catches, 38 yards, broke a big one early in this one to kind of get the Purdue momentum going on their first touchdown drive. All right, let's go to the other 12 o'clock game here. Florida State against Dartmouth. Big one right here. Um, Augie, let's start. With, I want to start with Augie. Okay. I think Augie gives his player – I don't think there's a quarterback in the league who gives their players more chances than Augie to go make a play. Absolutely. True or false? True. Probably true. Augie is the definition of the, you know, the meme, the Eli Manning meme yes. where he's getting hit and it's like, fuck it, Odell's down there somewhere. Yes. <laughs> That's Augie with Justin now. Nice. Fuck it, Justin's down there somewhere. He just throws that shit up off a free play, I think it was. Yeah, Just Yeah, yeah. Justin, smart play. Yeah, smart play, but Augie just throws it up. Justin goes over two, two people, makes a play. Um, their defense in this one was phenomenal. You said Joe Pisco started off 0 for 7 with three interceptions to start the game. Obviously, that's going to be a rough start. It's going to be, you know, you're putting your team in a hole and you do that anytime. Um, but as far as as far as far uh, Florida State, I think that's a team that came out with a lot of energy. Rob Bell had a pick. Jake Kodro scored a touchdown. He had a pick as well. Uh, Justin had a pick. They were definitely hyped. Like, the energy on that team is what, is what stuck out to me the most. It was stood out to me the most. And um, Augie said – he kind of hinted at that coming into the season that, you know, this is a team that really likes each other. And that they're gonna be uh they're gonna be ready to go and they're gonna have a lot of a lot of energy. And I think that's what we saw in week one from them. Yeah, I think this group is very excited to come to the field to like be together. I feel like their group chat is probably one of the funnier ones in the league. They got a lot of different characters uh and guys that like like each other and have been friends for a long time, and that goes a long way. Um, they had great chemistry on the field in week one, the energy was super high. Um, we, we would be remiss to say that Joe Pisco didn't have his top player in Nick Tompkins. So yeah. that was obviously a major factor in this one. But Florida State, Florida State came out with a, a great game plan defensively. Um, Justin was hawking all day long, two interceptions. Um, the whole defense really was just ball hawking and making plays. They had really good fly grabbing. They didn't give Dartmouth any real momentum in this one. Um, not really much to nitpick about their win. I just think uh, – they didn't run a lot of offensive plays, so we'll see what happens when a team starts possibly scoring on them a little bit if they're able to consistently move the ball down the field. But with Justin and fu- the fuck it, Eli Manning, Odell is somewhere down there, mean they always have a chance. Uh, that, how do you feel about Joe Piscopo after week one? Uh, Joe had a rough game. Uh, didn't have all his weapons at his disposal, but you know what? He did not come out with a good game plan, and you know he, he was a little careless with the ball. You got to protect the football. It's important. You can't give away the ball when, you know, it results in points. It's not going to help your team win. Uh, Juan has mentioned something about Augie. The, week one, you know, the, uh, obviously the buzz was about uh, Jirak and how he used his legs to win. Yeah. Augie does the same. I mean, yeah. he's, he's not, maybe not as fast as Jirak, but with Augie, 
you know, Augie's mo- movement is he's crazy. Moving his hips, he's yeah, spinning. His is crazy. But at the same time, he's got his eyes downfield. He's waiting for his receivers to, you know, to break open. I think when he runs, it's reluctantly because he wants to throw the ball downfield. But when he doesn't take and he takes off, he's elusive. Augie is elusive. Augie's movement was unbelievable in week one, 100%. And, and he doesn't do more. it at full speed. It's like he does it in slow motion. Nah, he's he's moving. He the the spins the the, the touchdown to Jay Kodros was was unbelievable as well. Right, he had yeah. a touchdown run too. He, he, yeah, the spin around five six guys. I mean, it was incredible. But yeah. that is a good team. That's going to be a team to be reckoned with. It's a that's a very good team he put together. And again, he's got Justin, the best receiver in the league, and one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, it's going to be a good year for Augie. Uh, Kurtzman, what are you? How are you feeling about Dartmouth? Um, I think kind of the jury's out right now on them. I want to see what they're going to look like with Tompkins there, whether he's on the line, whether he's playing out wide. It just gives uh, Joe a really big target to throw to and a reliable target, one that he's been playing sports with since he probably is old enough to young enough to remember playing. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to hold off judgment in this moment, but I do agree with Tommy. I felt like um, Joe didn't come out with the correct game plan against them. I'm not sure what the game plan was, but whatever it was, it didn't work. Um, he overthrew a few balls. Like we said, the win was crazy um, or it got crazier as the game, as the day went on, but uh, need to take care of the football. I still like the way Joe was moving uh, in the backfield. Like he really like, he's grown as a quarterback in that sense. Um, fully. He was, he did, he showed flashes of it last year and now he's putting it kind of all together, but I just want to see him take care of the ball a little more. Yeah, I need to see uh, Joe with Tompkins before I really come out and make any judgments. Um, I, I think, you know, when you start off the game the way they did, you're not going to win, especially not against a quarterback like Augie. Uh, they just they, they just not they need to not be as sloppy. They need to take care of the ball way better. Joe needs to be better. He definitely knows that. Ty, you didn't get to talk to Joe after the game? Uh, no, I really didn't. Uh, but I have confidence in Joe. Joe will bounce back. Uh, you know what? Uh, Tompkins is a big part of his team, but it's, it's not all about that. He could win without him if he had to. He just gotta, you know, get a better game plan. And again, a week one rust. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna discount them. Uh, like I said, Joe's better than that. Joe's a good quarterback. Joe's a good leader, mm-hmm. and that team will bounce back. One thing I want to say is, um, Augie gave Dartman some chances in this game. He turned the ball over once early, and then uh, once again, Lair Liam had two interceptions. So uh, I guess if I have to nitpick one thing about Florida State, probably just Augie uh, not turn the ball over. Um, other quarterbacks in this league could definitely on any given day could be taking advantage of us into points. Yeah. No. But not far as far as they, they're all going to get in my head for that one little thing I said after I gassed them for 10 minutes. Um, no, but Florida State played really well and they're one of the better teams in the league for sure. Yeah. Kurtzman, let's do uh, stats on this one. Talk about something for a second. <laughs> as you guys if you if you can't tell um we do the podcast with no pauses anymore because we're recording over zoom and we cannot pause the podcast that's what Christman just says talk about something yeah i got the stats i got the stats up uh augie was six of 13 102 yards two touchdowns two picks three rushes 39 yards and a touchdown one of the better touchdowns of his career yep. uh and also had a pass breakup justin ferrara three catches 75 yards and a touchdown also had two interceptions one which resulted in a pick six Jay Kodras had an eight-yard touchdown, a sack, and an interception. Rob L. had an interception as well as a catch. Uh, Matt Iovino had a sack, and Marola had a sack as well. Lebo had one catch for nine yards. For Dartmouth, Joe with eight of 1,600 yards and a touchdown, but threw four interceptions. Also had 11 rushes for 50 yards and a touchdown and had a sack on defense. Liam Knowles, three catches, 51 yards, and two interceptions. Um, Rich Ritter caught a touchdown. And 
Santuccio had two catches for 49 yards. Joe Liotta had one catch for one yard. And Nick Wyman had one tackle on the day for Dartmouth. All right, let's move on to the last game of the day here, Kurtzman. TCU against Texas Tech. Dylan's quarterback debut. I was telling everyone around the league, I said, hey, guys, Dylan's playing quarterback at 1 o'clock if you want to see a funny show. Dad. Let me get in on this first. Yeah, I know you want to. Good. All right. Uh, Billy D'Amato. Um, I saw him at the one-day tournament. I knew he had a good arm. Uh, watching him in this game. Uh, took command of the huddle. Uh, had a great game plan. Called a great game. Not very mobile. Not very nimble. He'll be, be the first to admit it. But got a hell of an arm. He's got a rocket of an arm. Uh, that'll make up for any mistake uh, that he makes with his feet. Stud alert. Abdul Sakara. Oh, okay. Sakara. All right. Eighth round pick. The guy's a first rounder. Unbelievable. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. And I heard, uh, I asked about him. I heard that he played at Lombardi. Uh, like he used to guard uh, my nephew, Jake Esposito, uh, and said that he, he blanketed him. If he could do that, then, then he's a player. I, and I watched him. I, I, unbelievable. Very impressed. Uh, I heard he signed with uh, with Jason Gomes with GSA. <laughs> yeah, you. Just, so he, my dad just found out about GSA um, the other day, Kurtzman. Yeah, Jason was all excited. He goes, "I said this is number one signing." <laughs> but uh, very, very impressed. Uh, it's a good team. Uh, oh, let me. I can't. I can't forget about Jelani. Yeah, uh, J- Jelani. You know, he'll, he'll talk it up. He'll get into uh, you know defenders' ears or you know. Uh, but good, dynamite play. Exciting to watch. Uh, had, a, had a nice pick on Dylan. Uh, read him perfectly. Almost took it to the house, but Dylan caught him. Uh, talking trash, talking with uh, Oliver all day. Yeah. Uh, I, listen, I like seeing that. I, I like the verbal, uh, you know, jousting that goes on during the game. Those doesn't lead to anything. But uh, he's an exciting player, and you'll see more of him with Billy throwing to him. Kurtzman, how do you feel about this one? Um, Texas Tech offense as good as advertised or as good as I, I expect them to be. They came out and Billy kind of knew what he wanted to do out there, got the ball out fast, uh, and kind of let his playmakers do the work for him. He has Steve Ruiz. He has Jelani. Um, it's soon to be Nick Sadati. Abdul Sakar. And he's out Abdul Sakar, who caught all the touchdowns basically for him in this one. Um, and Billy's a good captain. He, he's been a captain of a football high school team, I imagine, his senior year. And it kind of showed him the field. He was a good leader. He was amped up every time one of his boys made a play, one of his guys made a play. So um, I'm excited to see what Texas Tech is all about. We got them next week, so I'm going to see it firsthand. But uh, they looked really good on both sides of the ball. And if Abdul Sakar is here to stay, they got a three-headed monster that no one really wants to see. Hard for me to judge TCU in this game with Dylan at quarterback. I thought Dylan moved actually really well as a quarterback. Like Way it, better than I expected. For his first game, I did not expect Dylan to move that well as a quarterback. So it was really tough for me to judge them. They were missing Prem as well. Obviously, Eric, who was technically the first overall pick of the draft, wasn't there. But when they're back, I'm fully expect that squad to be good. They battled at the end. You know, they're down 26 nothing. They didn't give up. They fought in the game. Um, but as far as Billy, my favorite quote of the day Billy, you know, comes down his first drive, bink, 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 touchdown. And he goes, well, you see what happens when you let a real quarterback in this league, right? Ooh. Yeah, I like, I like that. I like that right. kind of, I like that kind of spice from Billy early. Jelani was definitely talking his shit too. They look good. That's, that's how I thought Billy would look. Um, talk about the snapping. Very underrated part of the game, Kurtzman, when I watched back on the film. Billy had to make an athletic play on the ball on almost every snap. 
They got to get their snaps down right. If you go back and watch that, Billy was jumping and one-handing a lot of these catches in yeah, the backfield. The yeah. But I thought they were um, – I thought Texas Tech looked really good in this one. I think next week we're talking about potentially game of the week, you guys versus Texas Tech. I think that's going to be a great one. But as far as TCU is concerned, I thought Dylan moved well, but I can't really judge their full team. They were kind of out of it, you know. I, I'm not going to say that they didn't quit, but – it's tough when you don't have Eric there playing quarterback. Kurtz. Yeah. <laughs> is, do we know if he's coming back? Eric is coming back. They're saying we're, we're be playing next week. So I don't know. I guess, uh, listen, uh, Matt Monahan, welcome to the league. Yeah, he nice. was out there making plays, uh, doing a little bit of everything. He threw a pass for 25 yards. He caught six catches for a hundred yards. Um, he was a really good player. He made a couple plays on defense too. It was Dylan's obvious favorite target on the day. He's played with Dylan, he's played with Matt a lot in other fly football leagues. So I think there was a little bit of a connection there. But um Dylan's offensive line did a really good job. Um yeah. I expect them to give Eric a lot of time. And Eric with a lot of time is going to be dangerous. If Dylan had half of the QB snaps or reps as Eric had with that blocking, they would have scored more points. I'm 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 sure of it because Dylan Dylan scored 16 and I mean I know it was late and it was kind of in garbage time but I don't know I feel like Dylan had a lot of time to make plays he was just really a little indecisive with the lack of being ever being quarterback yeah that his first game ever at quarterback like after the game he texted us and he said um had a lot of fun playing quarterback would never want to do it again god bless all the quarterbacks in the league So, like, I think he understands, like, it's tough being quarterback. you got to make a lot of decisions and quick decisions, and that's why Billy having that experience is so good and immediately came into the league and, like you said, bing, 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 touchdown. First yeah, he, yeah, right. he came right, the, he got get right the ball, Get the ball back, bing, 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 touchdown. We're up 14 nothing on your head. But, I thought they were very creative as well, Chris, but I thought he had really – he put a lot of good routes out on the field. Yeah, no, and listen, when you have Steven Jelani, man, they make you look pretty while they do it. Um. And I think that they are a team that you're going to, when you're facing them. And we, I know we say this about a lot of teams and that's why I said, someone asked me like going back to our game, like, Hey, why did you give Deshaun Georgia in week one? And I'm like, Hey, listen, man, like every team is kind of like a good team. I don't know. Like we kind of just randomized it and made it happen. So you're going to hear me say a lot of teams are a force to be reckoned with because I think this team is, this league is loaded. Yeah. Um, I was, I'm really sold on Billy. I'm sold in them as a team. I think I'm buying all stock. In, I'm, I'm buying all yeah. stock in Texas tech. Absolutely. Oh, I'm buying stock in TCU. And oh yeah. TCU. I'm, I'm, they're one of the teams. I, like I said, I just can't judge them without Eric because I know you're missing. Oh, you're not only are you missing Eric at quarterback, you're missing Dylan at, at receiver. receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dylan scored a touchdown in every He's single one of the game. Top he, receivers in yeah. The like, Even Monahan would be a handful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing TCU at full strength. Cards, let's do the stats on this one. Um, uh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> it's difficult. It is definitely more it's difficult. It's definitely difficult. Abdul Sakara. Abdul Sakara. Is that good? You ready, Kurtz? His name is the Sakara. Yeah, no. like, oh, no. I thought it was Sakara. I don't think no, it's Sakara. No, Abdul was a monster. And he, he, it's funny, too. I'm, we can put it out there. He, um, Dylan was looking to draft him, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then he went off against How Dylan. How did he slip through the cracks for eight rounds? No one knew. Nah, I mean, listen, like. They knew he played at the party and guarded Jake. <laughs> How did you know, he slip I, through? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not sure. But, l- listen, every single year you have guys that slip through the cracks and you're like, like last year I had Rhett. Like, it happens all the time. All the way to the um, eighth round. 
I said, that talent. I said, I, I mean, I played basketball with Abdul before, and I, I told everyone he was a good athlete when I, when I was asked about him. Yeah. I just never right. personally seen him play flag football. Billy, we, just, wrap, we, we can wrap up this game. Uh, Billy DeMaio, 13 of 21, 162 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Also had two rushes for six yards. Abdul Sakar, three catches, 52 yards and three touchdowns. Also had two interceptions and a pass breakup. Steve Ruiz, four catches for 61 yards. Also had a rush for 10 yards. Jelani, four catches for 32 yards and the interception. Uh, J.K. Will, five tackles, man. I always talk about he's all over the field making plays, and he popped out on the screen. I I got the shout out to him. Yeah, no, um, he popped out on the screen, so I want to make sure I got that in there because when I was cutting the film, I was like, there. I think there was like a three-play sequence where he had all three uh, made plays for him, and uh, I just felt like he was popping out on the screen on defense. Uh, Harnish had two catches, 17 yards and a touchdown. Latemba had two tackles. He was in Dylan's face all day. And Mikey Freeman kind of was just all around his st- – the stats don't show Mikey Freeman's worth. Uh, he had a pass break up in this one, but he's making plays all over the field. Yeah, listen, for TCU, offensive line too for Billy. Yeah, they did a great job. Yeah, J.K. Will, Harnish, and um, uh, Latemba. Yeah, Latempa. They were in game. on. Yeah, they were in on Latempa being on their team. They were definitely hyped when they got to the field, and they were like, "Oh shit, Latempa's a beast." Yeah, no, they definitely. And I think Latempa. I know he wanted to play with Vin and his boys, but I think he's found a nice home and he likes this team. Yeah, absolutely. Which is you love you love to see it. So yeah, shout out to Latempa as well. Um, um, oh, let me do the TCU stats, please. Yeah, yeah okay. I was, all right, okay. Yeah, uh, TCU, Dylan, 11 to 21, 138 yards, um, no touchdown passes, three interceptions, 10 rushes, 83 yards, and two touchdowns. Matt Monahan, three catches, 100 yards, uh, three tackles, and a 26-yard pass. Mike Leva, three catches, 18 yards. Ed Zalek had an interception and a nine-yard catch. Battle had two catches for 36 yards and a conversion and also one tackle. All right, let's do off the top of the head dogs of the week before we get on out of here. Yeah. Oh, you guys need your power rankings also or no? Um, oh, not yet. Yeah, not no, yet. Not yeah, I don't feel I don't feel comfortable doing my power rankings yet. All right, we'll do power rankings after week two. Yeah, I'll I don't do it after week three. Actually. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable with my power rankings yet. I don't. I, oh I would not. God. Yeah, yeah it's it's they're running away. Maybe. All right, all right. I won't. All right, we on Thursday for you. I'll have power rankings. I won't be a bitch. I'll do it. I'll do okay, it. Okay. Yeah, it's I'll, a lot. I'll also, throw myself in the fire. I'll throw myself in the fire for week for for Thursday. No, because to, to your to your credit, we used to be able to just pause the I pause the podcast. You could do your power rankings, but now there's no pausing it. So no, I would right. I would do it off the top of my head, but I'll have I'll have it ready for Thursday. I'll have it ready for Thursday. All right, Thursday. Right, off the top of our head, dogs of the week. Let's start with let's start all the way back at first. 9 a.m. game. Kurtzman's team, Wyoming against Oregon. Who are you giving dog of the week to in that game, Dad? Pat. You're giving Pat Rennington dog of the week? Dog of the week. Kurtzman, who, how are you feeling about dog of the week there in game one? Yeah, no, nah, Pat called the game-winning play. Made the biggest play of the game other than the game-winning touchdown. Uh, brought a lot of energy. I'm giving him dog of the week. Um, Florida, Florida versus uh, LSU. I'm giving it to Jarrock, man. Uh, first game came out, stunned the, stunned the MVP of the league. Yeah. And uh, made a statement. You got one, Dad? The obvious is Jarrock. You know, you want to give it to the always the, the skilled player position. But I'm going with Jawa. Mm. I, I think he does the dirty work and he protects his quarterback and he gives him a talk. I think, think Jawa has the most dogs of the week in league history, by the way. Probably. All right, let's go to the 10 a.m. the 10 a.m. slate. LSU versus Alabama. I'm giving it to Wiz. He was a yeah. beast on the O line and he was a beast on the D line. He was making plays, living up to the, the call out basically of the draft when people were saying, "Why well, was he a second round pick?" Blah blah. He came out three sacks in week one. Yeah. No. Agreed. I, I that that was gonna be my pick too for dog of the week. 
10 a.m. game, Florida against Michigan State. Obvious one here. Douglas. Yeah, obviously Douglas was just an absolute monster on the defensive line, offensive line, making plays all over the field. Definitely uh, dog of the week for, for that game. Chris, do you have anything differently, or are you rolling with Douglas there too? Uh, I'll roll with Douglas. Secondary, I would definitely give for Florida Matt DeFilippis. He was a good blocker, making a lot of hungry. Like we said, they're a hungry bunch. He was making plays on the field. 11 a.m. slate, Ole Miss versus Blue Mountain State. Um, I go Austin. Austin, you gave yeah, you said Austin. I thought Austin was really in the trenches, blocking well too. I'll probably I would agree with that. I think you could give. I even think you could give Matt Green a little dog of the week for the for yeah. the the highlight as well. I think yeah. he he could be uh he could be worthy of that as well in that game, dog of the week. Kirschman, you got anything different on that one? No, I'm good there. 11 a.m. Georgia against Purdue. I think I have to go Pete. Yeah, I think I'm I gotta go. Pete. I'm going Will O'Neill. Okay, I like Will O'Neill too. I like that pick. Will O'Neill, man, he was he came out and he 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 scored. He intercepted, made an interception almost. And honestly, if he was wearing two flags, he honestly would have made the play of the year. He laterals back to Tyson. Tyson tips it to himself and catches it, but they called him down because someone touched him. Uh, hope Will makes a bigger contribution this year than last year. All right, let's go to the 12 o'clock slate. Florida State versus Dartmouth. Who are we giving dog of the game to there? I'm thinking Jay Kodros. Yeah, no, Jay Kodros was a beast like Rob Akani in that game. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah, no, I'd say one of those two probably. I can't, give it to Justin. I can't give Justin dog of the week. Go ahead, Kurtzman. Okay. Justin is a dog. He's just always a dog. Yeah, he's just always a dog. I'm giving I'm giving, I'm giving. giving that one to Kodros. Yeah, I'm giving that, that to Kodros. And, uh, I'd give it to Kodros and Rob Akani both there. They both were uh, – Active and hungry later round picks. Purdue versus Blue Mountain State. Who are we giving dog of the week to in that game? Um, probably Rob Samarco. I felt like uh, my, honestly, yeah. and Mikey. Mikey was out there in the trenches making plays all day. Had a sack and three pass breakups on the D line. Not the not your prototypical D lineman, but you did say on the podcast that he should be playing D line and. Uh, he, uh, the guy, the guy who also predicted the most right games in week one also said that about Mikey. Interesting. Oh, uh, here we go. I give you credit and you do this. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'm giving it to Mikey, honestly, in this one. And then the obvious in the one o'clock slate, TCU versus Texas Tech is Abdul Sakar, correct? Correct. Kurtzman, yeah. anything? No, anything he, he was a beast. Yeah. All right. Those are your dogs of the week for, for week one. Everyone, if you're still made to this point of the podcast, make sure you subscribe on all platforms that you listen to on. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube as well. Go check out your highlights from week one and post it on the Instagram if you haven't already and tag us on your stories. Everyone, we appreciate, appreciate you guys for listening. We'll be back on Thursday night for the week two preview. We'll catch you, everybody. Peace.